thing. Thought it might amuse you, he said. Woman phoned to say she and her husband went to Paris for the weekend, leaving their children with a sitter. Got back late last night to find the lot gone, and naturally she assumed they were all drowned. That's amusing. The teenagers are fifteen and thirteen. The sitter's in her thirties. They can all swim, and the house is miles above the floods. Where is it? Lindhurst Drive. Not far from me, then. Jim Pemberton has alerted the sub-aqua task force. The what? It's the joint enterprise of King's Markham Council and the Fire Brigade, volunteers in wetsuits. These children, what's her name? Dade, Giles and Sophie Dade. I don't know the sitter's name. They can both swim well. Pemberton came back at three to say that a couple of frogmen had begun searching for Giles and Sophie Dade, but none of the water lying in the King's Markham area had reached a depth of four feet. Wexford phoned Dora again at half-past four. "'Here's a mulberry tree. The water's reached it, Reg. I was wondering if there's anything we could do to stop the water coming up. We can't stop the water, but we can start thinking about moving our furniture upstairs.' When he came out of the doors, the rain had lifted. He crossed the high street and began the slightly uphill walk to home. Passing the end of Kingston Gardens, Lindhurst Drive met it at its highest point. The dates were safe up there. Before he had left, a message had come through from the sub-aqua task force to say that no living people or bodies had been found. Wexford stopped dead. What was the matter with him? Those children might not have drowned, but two children were missing. They had been in the care of an older person, and they were all three missing. He found Dora down the garden. I don't think it's come up any more, she said. Do we really have to move the furniture? We could shift some of the stuff we value most. He gave her a drink and poured one for himself. Then he phoned Burden. The inspector said, I was about to call you. The Dade kids, they must be missing. I had the same thought. Look, we have to find out. If these children still haven't turned up, the parents will have to come down to the station and fill in a missing persons form. I'd like to call the Dades before I do anything, Burton said. And ring me back, would you? He and Dora had their dinner. The letterbox flapped as the evening paper arrived. Oh, it's too bad, Dora said. It's nearly eight o'clock, two hours late. Understandable in the circumstances. Oh, I suppose so. I expect the poor newsagent had to bring it himself. Surely he wouldn't let that girl go out in this. Girl? It's his daughter delivers the papers, Dora said. Do you want to start moving stuff now? Well, move the books. No more till we've seen the weather forecast. The phone rang as he was carrying the last cardboard box of books upstairs. Dora took the call. It's Mike. Wexford took the receiver from her. I've a feeling they haven't turned up. No. And Mr. and Mrs. Dade? But I didn't phone, Reg. I went up there, said Burden. They're a funny pair. She cries all the time. And what does he do? He's just rude, since it's all rubbish about them drowning. 
The other person to go missing is Joanna Troy. Who? She's the friend of Mrs. Dade who was spending the weekend in their house to keep an eye on the two kids. Things are a bit more serious than they seemed at first. The Dades got home from Paris a little while after midnight. The house was in darkness, the children's bedroom doors were shut, and the parents just went to bed without checking. It wasn't till mid-morning that Mrs. Dade found the kids weren't there, and that means that they'd possibly been missing since Friday evening when the parents left. And this Joanna Troy, Mrs. Dade's been phoning her without getting a reply. Dora was watching the news. It ended as he came in. Wexford turned it off. He and Dora went upstairs to bed. Wexford was on his way up Lindhurst Drive with Vine, who was driving.